that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way, and then thou shalt have good what? Success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Now, if you'll notice from verse 1 to verse 9, everything we just read, the Lord was doing the talking. Joshua never says anything. He never, he never does anything. He never starts anything to verse number 10. It all started with the voice of the Lord. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings and your mercy. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for a great crowd tonight. Lord, I pray right now that you will teach us. I pray that you will edify us, build us up, strengthen us. Help us to learn your word. Help us to apply your word. God, I pray that your, your perfect will be done. You know I need you. I know I need you. Lord, I pray that you'll just fill my heart with your, your, your spirit, fill my mind with your thoughts. I pray that you'll help me deliver your word in such a way that the youngest person in here, the most inexperienced Christian in here, Lord, the, the, the one who's not even a Christian, who doesn't even know you as their Savior, I pray that it'll be clear, crystal clear, so that every single person can understand what I'm trying to say tonight. I praise you and I thank you and I give you glory for it all. In Jesus' name we all pray. And all God's people saying, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. <clears throat> basic, basic steps to victory. Basic steps to victory. Uh, number one, if, if we are going, I, I was going through this, and I, I read it over and over, and, I, and, I, and I've got several outlines. I have preached out of this book before. I have taught from this book before. And, and I've, got, I've got several outlines. You think you'd just, okay, we'd just go get one of them outlines and throw it out tonight. But God don't, God don't ever work that way. And, and, and so it's going to be a lot different. Uh, we could say, uh, we could put the points here. We have uh, the battles we face. We need to be strong and very courageous. Three different times Jesus told him, be strong and very courageous. God told him, be strong and very courageous. Haven't I told you? Haven't I commanded thee, be strong and very courageous? Why? Because of the battles we face. You're going to face some battles in this place. Uh, this, these people are not going to give up. They're not going to throw in the towel. They're not just going to let you come in and have everything that they have. Uh, that you're going to have battles. You're going to have to fight. You're going to have to be strong. You're going to have to have courage. Are you all with me? Say amen. amen. Why do we need courage? Because of the battles we face. But not only that, but the Bible we follow. He talks about the Word of God. He says, listen, follow the Word. He said, follow the Word. Don't turn from the right to the left. Don't do it. You stay focused. Don't let it come out of your mouth. You need to read it. You need to study it. You need to know it. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, I don't know about you, but it takes courage sometimes to follow the Bible. It takes courage to live the Bible. It takes courage to obey the Bible, especially in the society that we live in today. Amen? amen. And, and so we have all of these things, the blessings that we find and all the promises he gives. And, man, there's so many promises in chapter number 1. But really, what God really wants me to talk to you tonight is the practical things, the, 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 just the things that stand out. And so what I did, as I read it, 
I just wrote these things down. I just wrote them down as God was giving them to me, so I'm going to try to give it to you like he gave it to me. If that makes sense, say amen. All right, if we're going to experience victory, if we're going to win, if we're going to go into the battle and defeat the enemy, if we're going to accomplish what God has called us to do, there's several things that we need to see and understand. Number one, number one, one of the most important things that we have to do, we have to do this, we have to learn to hear from God. We have to learn to hear from God. Look at verse number one. The Bible says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass, watch now, that the Lord, who? That the, the Lord spake unto Joshua. Now here's the thing. I don't know if you understand this or not, but God is always speaking. The problem is we are not always listening. If we're going to win, if we're going to experience victory, we have to learn to hear from God. I, I, I've gone through this book several times, and I've read it several times, and, and I, have, I have seen this, and I have witnessed this throughout reading and studying this book, that every time Joshua did what God told him to do, he won. Every time he disregarded the Word of God, he didn't even bother to ask God advice about something, he lost. Every single time. Do y'all hear me tonight? If we're going to win, if we're going to be successful, if we're going to be prosperous in our jobs, in our families, in our careers, in our missions, in our callings, no matter what it is, we have to learn to hear from God. We have to hear from Him. We have to hear from Him for encouragement. We have to hear from Him for direction. We have to hear from Him for wisdom. I don't know about this, but you, but I know I need wisdom to do what God has called me to do. Are you listening to him? Can you recognize his voice if he speaks to you? Do you recognize when you're reading the word of God, when something stands out and God's trying to tell you something? Now, I, I know this is going to... this. Is, there's a lot of people that struggle with this. A lot of Christians struggle with this. Christian, people that have been Christians a long time. And it should not be the case. This should not, this should not be an issue. But let me tell you, let me tell you the problem. The Bible says, the Bible says that Elijah was in a cave and he was he was basically running for his life, uh, running from Jezebel, if y'all remember that. Well, he just came from a revival. He just came from a, a miraculous move of God. I'm talking about where fire falls down from heaven and consumes the sacrifices made there. They killed 850 prophets of the grove and prophets of, the, of Baal. And I mean, this was just an unbelievable manifestation of God. Are y'all with me? Then he goes back to the palace. He goes back to the palace expecting God to do the same thing at the palace that he did on the mountain, and God didn't. And so he's expecting the wow. He's expecting, he's expecting shock and awe. And all he gets is a threat from Jezebel. And God didn't move like he thought he was going to move. God didn't speak like he thought he was going to speak. And he ran for his life. And so God meets up with him in the cave. And according to the Bible, according to the Bible, he said there was an earthquake. There was a great wind, and there was a fire. All 
manifestations, uh, listen, supernatural issues, all the things that man would say, whoo, that's God. God wasn't in none of it. But this is what he was in. A still, come on. You mean tell you why a lot of us have a problem hearing from God? We're looking for the lightning. We're looking for the thunder. We're looking for the fire and the earthquake. We're looking for this great manifestation when God the whole time is saying, Hey, he speaks to a still small voice. And matter of fact, now think about this. In order, (laughs) boy, it's awful quiet tonight. A still, small voice. Do do you know how to hear a still, small voice? You have to learn to be, even more importantly, still. Now, let's be honest. Let's be honest, especially today. School started today. I mean, people are going like, ah! Woke up this morning. I've got one starting her, her first day of being a senior and one starting her first day of being a freshman. Riding together to school. Forget praying for dad. Y'all pray for me. Well, we couldn't find the keys to the car. So we're just all running around early this morning trying to find, just turning everything upside down and just, just going crazy. And so they had to end up taking the, her mom's car and because and, it was going to be late and it was just like a madhouse and, 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 and they're like, like burning rubber down the driveway and Tammy's hollering, I wanted a picture! I see, you ain't getting no picture. <laughs> so everybody putting these pictures on Facebook today, that's why Tammy didn't put one on there. <clears throat> How many of you would, would agree that sometimes what I just described is just life? I mean, it's not like a, this is not like just this morning. It's crazy like that all the time. Life seems to be so hectic. Life seems to be so crazy. It seems to be 100 miles an hour. And you know what? We try to treat God with that same kind of... I don't know why God won't talk to me. You won't be still long enough. Read your Bible. I don't have time to read the Bible. Well, then you don't have time for God to speak to you. Be still. Be still. That's hard for me. I know that's, that's hard for everybody. But until we learn to hear from God, we're never going to be victorious. Now, write this down. There was something I saw. <clears throat> there was something I saw in the life, because I went back, and, and in my concordance, I looked up the name Joshua and tried to go through every place that you find him. And where you see him in the very beginning, when it first starts speaking about Joshua, 
And, and here, here is one of the things that, that really encouraged me. The reason that Joshua was so good at hearing from the Lord and hearing from God is because he learned to spend time with God. Now, now watch. Let's look at your notes a minute. Let's look at our notes a minute. Exodus 24, 13. Are you there? Say amen. Oh, I've lost about, I only had a quarter of you right there. We're not, we can just give invitation right now, can't we? Am I telling the truth? Y'all don't leave me hanging up here. And we wonder why the devil's beating our brains out. Now watch, here we go. I'm just trying to help you. I'm trying to help me. If I ain't preaching, I'm preaching to me tonight. We learn to hear from God by spending time with God. Exodus 24, 13. And Moses rose up and his minister, who? Joshua. And Moses went up into the mount of God. This is when he went up into Mount Sinai. This is when they, they, they uh, got the, the law of God and, the, and the, the, the commandments. And he went up into the glory and the cloud and the fire and all that. Joshua was with him. He went up into the mount with him. Now watch, here's another thing. In Exodus chapter number 37, this is just day to day. This is just day to day. Moses put a tent outside of the, of the group, the congregation of Israel, the nation of Israel, the people of Israel. Now remember, they're going through the, they're going through the wilderness and they're dwelling in tents. If, you, if you, you understand that, say amen. Well, they put a certain tent. It'd be kind of like, almost kind of like a church. You know what I mean? This is where I go to talk to God. This is the tent of the congregation. Here we go. Moses would go to this specific tent when they needed to talk with God, all right? And Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp, afar off from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord went out unto the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp. And it came to pass when Moses went out into the tabernacle that all the people rose up and stood every man at his tent door and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass, as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. In other words, the Lord came down and met with Moses. The Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose up and worshipped every man in his tent door. Now watch this. In verse 11, And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp, but his servant, but his servant, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. How did he know, how was he so good at hearing from the Lord? Because he was good at spending time with the Lord. You will never get good at hearing from the Lord till you learn to spend time with the Lord. Now let me read that. You say, that's all Old Testament. How about this? How about this? John 15. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me. That means hang out with me. That means spend time with me. That means get alone with me. Is everybody with me? Abide. Abide. Dwell. Spend time. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Read it with me. For without me ye can... 
Now watch this. Jesus is comparing his relationship with the church, with each individual Christian, with a branch and with a vine. The vine is the main branch where all the nutrients and all the minerals and all that stuff comes up, and then the branch comes off of it. And the ability of the branch to bear fruit is dependent on the relationship of the branch and the connection of the branch with the vine. The bigger the connection... The more abiding, oh, if I just work harder, mm-mm, if you just spend more time with him. You see, that's that, whole, that's that whole Ruth thing. Ruth went out and gleaned in the field all day long, and she got some handfuls of purpose. But when she just went and spent time at his feet, she got a ton more than she got when she tried to do it all on her own. You're trying to win a battle by fighting harder or working harder or doing all of this in your own power when Jesus said, just come hang out with me. Just come spend time with me because I can tell you things you don't know. I can tell you how to win. I can tell you what to do. I can give you instructions and you'll win every time. Somebody say amen. We've got to learn to hear from God. I, I want to give you a coon hunting illustration. <clears throat> And it'll fit. I'm telling you, it'll fit. It's anointed. <clears throat> one, of, one, of, one of my just an awesome coon hunting buddy, uh, I, I wish I had time to tell you story after story with him. His name was Jimbo Cordes. Jimbo Cordes, he, had, he always had really good dogs, and, and he always was a good handler. A good handler could take a bad dog and beat a good dog with a bad handler. Do I have a witness, Coon Hunter? Am I telling the truth? Now, one night, one night, I, 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 was, I had a dog, and I, I, hadn't, I hadn't really done the whole competition thing all that much, and, and I, I wasn't really that good at it. I'm really not that good at it now, but any, anyway, at that time, I really wasn't no good at it, and, 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 and I wasn't calling my dog right. She was doing great, but I wasn't. And, and so uh, here we are. He had a dog named Kate. And, and, and Kate sounded like a coyote uh, with its tail on fire. I mean, she had 500 different barks. I mean, whine and bark and yip and yap and just all kinds. You couldn't really tell. Now, you're not going to understand this, but most, most coon dogs have like one bark that they trail with and one bark that they tree with, and so it's easy to distinguish. Well, Kate wasn't that way. At just any old person that come and went hunting, you didn't know what she was doing. You didn't know if she was hurt. You didn't know if she was injured. You didn't know if she was mad. I mean, you didn't know what she was doing. She had such a crazy bark. But Jimbo could call every single bark. I'm talking about, she'd be going through the woods, and then all the tree, tree cake. And I'm like, what? She don't sound no different. What do you, what do you mean, tree cake? And, and, and boy, she'd just be there all of a sudden, treeing like a, like a champ. And I said, how did you do that? How'd you know she was treeing? This is what he said. I know my dog. There could be 10 dogs out there barking. 
And he'd know exactly which one was Kate. And he'd know exactly what Kate was doing. And this is what he said. He said, Malcolm, if you're ever going to get good at this, and if you're ever going to learn your dog, watch this, if you're ever going to learn her voice, you've got to spend time with her. Now watch, watch. And you need to quit going with all these people and spend time alone with her. So her voice is the only one you hear. Because when you spend enough time alone and her voice is the only one you hear, then you'll learn to pick her out in any crowd there is. Let me tell you why we don't hear from God a lot. Because we got too many other voices going on at the same time. We have TV, we have phone, we have social media, we have Satan, we have the world, we have... And the only way we're ever going to learn to hear from the Lord is to get along with Him. Get our Bibles and get alone. Not on the fly. Well, I get mine from the TV. How's that working for you? Let's move to number two, because y'all are not real thrilled about number one. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Am I telling the truth? Guess what? I, this, this point was going to be like number two or three. But you know what God spoke to me as I was writing these down? It's got to be number one. Because where are we going to get the wisdom to know what steps to take? If we don't learn to hear from him. If we don't learn to distinguish his voice when he's speaking to us. We've got to learn to hear him. We've got to learn to listen. We've got to learn to get still and get along with God. Or we'll never be victorious. Because we'll always be doing it in our own strength, our own intellect, our own wisdom, our own ability. And I don't know about y'all, but that's getting me beat up. Amen? Number two. You may not think this is important, but this is big to me. He says, look, Joshua, <clears throat> Moses, my servant, is dead. Say that with me. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now arise and go over this Jordan. I went, I went and I, I looked, and I, and I found out that they were... They were mourning for 30 days. 30 days they didn't move. 30 days they didn't go anywhere. 30 days they were weeping and wailing. 30 days they, they were mourning Moses. They were grieving Moses. They were broken. Now think about this. Think about this. Moses was their hero. Moses, basically you can say this, Moses was their deliverer. Moses was their savior. Moses was the one who came and rescued them. Moses is the one that talked to God for him. Moses is the one that got bread for him. Moses is the one that got quail for him. Moses is the one that gave them direction. And now he's dead. 
It was because of Moses that they... Now, ultimately, we know it was because of God. God brought them out and God delivered them out. But to those people, Moses was everything. And more specifically, to Joshua, Moses was everything. Moses was his mentor. Moses was his hero. Moses was his leader. Moses was his guide. Are y'all with me? But guess what? And, and here's another thing. Here's another thing. The Bible says if you'll go into Deuteronomy, the last chapter in Deuteronomy, you'll find out that when Moses died, he was just as powerful, he was just as strong, he was just as whatever he was when he died as he was the whole time he was fighting. In other words, there wasn't this long sickness when he died. There wasn't this long extended. In other words, when God took him, it was over. My point is, it was unexpected. Moses was supposed to go into the promised land. It was because of Moses that we left Egypt and was delivered. And we're going, he's going to lead us into the promised land. Boy, if anybody was going to have a good piece of property, it was going to be old brother Moses. What? what, what, what? He died. He didn't even have a fever. He wasn't even sick. He wasn't even weak. God took him up to Mount Nebo and said, check it out, Moses, check it out, check it out. And I'm not even going to go into that's a whole other message of why he couldn't go in. But study it, do your homework. He let him see everything. He said, all right, it's time to go home. Boom, he died. They didn't even know where God put him. God wouldn't even allow the nation of Israel to know where God buried him because God knew that they would dig him up and worship him. Can you imagine... Can you imagine Joshua, all of a sudden, he's gone. I mean, he wasn't even sick. He, he, I, was, I was not prepared for this. You know what I started thinking about? How often do things die on us? And I'm not just talking about people. I'm talking about dreams. I'm talking about partnerships. I'm talking about marriages. I'm talking about, I'm talking about careers. As you thought you was going to have to, you retired, and they went out of business. Boom, now I'm out on the street with nothing. What's the point? In real, everyday life, things die. What are we going to do? Moses is dead. You know what God said? Get up. Get up. Then he said, go over. You know what? If we don't learn to get over Moses, we'll never get over Jordan. Some of us are so deep in grief. We are so deep in, in, in regret. We are so deep wondering why in the world this happened to me? Why in the world am I going through this? Why in the world did I have to experience this? What in the world did I do wrong to go through this? And God said, hey, it's time to get up. This change did not take God by surprise. This death didn't take God by surprise. It probably took Joshua by surprise. It probably took the nation of Israel by surprise. But it didn't take God by surprise. Whatever it is that's got you stagnant, whatever it is that's got you stopped in the process, whatever's got you grieving for 30 days, you know what God's saying? Get up! There is a time and a place for everything. There's a time to weep, and there's a time to rejoice. There's a time to plant, and there's a time to sow. Well, let me tell you something. Sometimes life 
changes. And we'll never be victorious if we don't learn to get up. We will never go over till we get up. I, I wrote in my notes, I wrote in my notes, unless we learn to get up from the things that die in our life, we'll never learn to get over that next... And by the way, here's another thing too. Here's another thing. You'll never get over Moses until you get over Jordan. You let me tell you why so many people are, are having a hard time getting over Moses? It's because they won't try to get over Jordan. What did Paul say? What did Paul say? I'm not going to rehash this same illustration. I don't know why God keeps bringing this up. I guess one of us needs to get over it. But here's the thing. Do y'all remember, remember Paul's past? And do y'all remember what he said over here? This is the object. This is, he said, I press toward the mark. This is his goal. This is his destiny. Let's put it this way. This is the promised land. This is the land of milk and honey. This is where God wants him to be. This is where God destined him to be. But over here, on this side of Jordan, Moses has died. Their hero is gone. Their life is changed. They don't know what in the world's going on. But honey, I promise you this. God was not surprised. And all we have to do is get over Jordan. We'll get over Jordan. We'll get over Moses. Now watch. Here's another thing I wrote down. I don't know what this is, but it is what it is. God's plan did not hinge on God's man. What does that mean? Somebody messing up in your life will not stop God from moving in your life. Moses' failure did not keep the nation of Israel out of the promised land. In other words, the sun went on ahead and come on up. Even though God's man was dead, even though God's man, because of his disobedience, was not allowed to go into the promised land, it did not detour God's plan for the nation of Israel. When one man went down, God had another man ready. Preacher, what are you saying? Whatever's happened in your life, the sun will come up in the morning. God has a plan. God will not be detoured. No matter if it's your failure or not, God will bring it through. But we'll never get over till we learn to get up. Sooner or later, sooner or later, we got, we got to get up got to get up he said arise it's time to go you've mourned long enough now let me say this let me say this i deal with grief all the time y'all see i'm in my suit had a funeral today there's a time for grief there's a time for brokenness there's a time for all of that but there is a time to wipe those tears away there is a time to get up and brush your knees off there is a time to say, okay, Lord, what's next? Are y'all with me? Listen. Listen. We'll never get over until we learn to get up. Let's look at number three. Let's look at number three. Man, this is going to be a good one. Look what he says. We're still in verse 1. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Mr. saying, verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, what? Arise. Watch this. 
Go over, what's the next two words? Say it again. Say it again. <laughs> Victories won one step at a time. Watch this. If you read, if you read through Joshua, God didn't give them instructions for Jericho till they were over Jordan. And he didn't give instructions, instructions for the city of Ai till they had destroyed Jericho. And he didn't give them instructions for, y'all with me? Do you know what we're doing? We're, we are losing our mind over the war when God wants us to focus on the battle. We're over here. We haven't even crossed the Jordan River yet. And we're worried about Jericho. We're worried about I. You say, how do you know? They, the people done been there before. You may tell you what kept them out. You may tell you what kept them out of the promised land the first time. And that whole generation died out there in the wilderness not being able to experience the blessings of God because they was worried about Jericho and I and all the rest of the cities when God said, you don't need to worry about that. You just need to worry about Jordan. Now, now, am I helping anybody? You're worried about what career your child's going to have and they ain't even got to kindergarten yet. I'm just trying to make it practical. How many, how many times do we worry about something three months from now? Watch this. I got Bible. He said, when you pray, the pattern of prayer is our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this. Our daily bread. And here we're worried about next year. All right, let me give you another one. Let me give you another one. Look at your notes. Look at your notes. Matthew six thirty three. Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Watch this. Read it with me, underlined part. Take therefore no thought for the... You know what he's saying? Don't worry about tomorrow. What color is your writing? Well, it's black in your nose. But in your Bible. Who said those words? You think a minute? You let me tell you what our, our first, the first battle we need to win. I mean, before we ever even see a giant wall of Jericho, before we ever see the sons of Anak, before we ever come eyeball to eyeball with our enemy, do you know the first enemy we need to defeat? Fear. Why do you think God said, be strong and of a good? He said, be courageous. Why? Because one of our greatest enemies, probably our greatest enemy, is fear. And it's been said the only thing we need to fear is fear itself. And you know, that's true. Fear will paralyze us. 
Fear will cause us not to believe the promises of God. And how do we, how do we conquer fear? Let's worry about today. Let's conquer today. Let's focus on Jordan. Well, why shouldn't I think about Jericho? Because he hadn't given you instructions for Jericho yet. I heard my dad tell somebody something one day. He was going, he was going to have a, a, some kind of procedure done, surgery, and he was just, just wigging out. I mean, just wigging out. He said, ah, ah, I'm afraid I'm going to die. He said, well, you're in good shape then. And I'm like, okay. Preacher, what do you mean I'm in good shape? I'm afraid I'm going to die. He said, well, then you're not. How do you know? He said, because if you was going to die, God would have done gave you dying grace. And you ain't got none. And you know what? He's right. Why didn't he have dying grace? Because he wasn't going to die. What, what point are you trying to make? Some of us are worried about something that we ain't even going to face. Don't focus on the war. Focus on the battle. Don't even think about Jericho. Don't even think about the walls. Don't even think about the intimidation that's out there. Just focus on Jordan. He didn't say get over Jordan and then go to Ai and then and, and then go to Jer- excuse me go to Jericho and then go to Ai. He's, no, he said one thing at a time. God is so much smarter than we are. This Jordan, that's it. When you do that, then I'll tell you what else next to do. Is this helping anybody? Go over this Jordan. You know, it's a cliche. It is a cliche, but it's so true. We got to learn to take one day at a time. And I'll be honest, there, there are some times, there are some times when we're dealing with grief, when we're dealing with brokenness, when we're dealing with just a great trial, Sometimes we have to take it one moment at a time. But guess what? We can. But we have to learn to do that. And all God's people said, let me tell you how to do that. Let me tell you how to do that. This is good. This was just like, just a flash from heaven right here. Don't move without instructions. Don't move without instructions. When you've got instructions, work on that. Don't wait or don't ask for the next instructions till you're finished with the first instructions. If that makes sense, say amen. Oh, we got plenty of time. We're doing good. All right, what number are we on? Four, four. What's, t- tell me number one. Let's rehearse. Number one. All right, people, let's be together. Number one. Say it again. All right, number two. Does that make sense? Okay, number three. Say it again. 
How many of you, maybe that might be the one we all need to work on? Okay, all right, number four. Number four, this is good, this is good. We got to understand our assignment. We have to know and understand our assignment. Paul told, <clears throat> I think it was the church in Colossae, could be wrong, but I think that was, that was, he said, when I heard about your salvation, first thing I prayed for, he said, you'd be filled with the knowledge of his will. Let's translate that. He said that you would know what your assignment is. Now, why is that so important? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If I'm here, and this is my past, forgetting those things which are behind, this is my Moses that has died, in order to get over him, i got to know where I'm headed. And i got to know what I'm supposed to be doing. Because I cannot press toward the mark, and I cannot try to focus on my assignment if I don't know what my assignment is. Now, how am I going to know what my assignment is? Watch this. I'm going to learn to hear from God. See how all that works? Now, let me give you some, let me give you some instructions on your assignment. Here's some things you need to learn about your assignment. Number one, or A, whatever that is, A. Your assignment usually is going to require courage. Your assignment is usually going to require courage. God is speaking to Joshua, and he's giving him his assignment. He's basically commissioning him, and he said, Look, be thou strong and of a good courage. Three different times he told him to be strong and be courageous. Y'all with me? Three different times. Why? Because it was going to take courage. What he was fixing to do was not going to be the easiest thing in the world. What he was fixing to do was going to, you were going to face some, some battles. You were going to face some enemies. You're going to, fight, you're going to face people that's going to fight back. Now here, what's the point of that? Most of the time, we're looking for the easy way out. Most of the time, we're praying for an easy road. We're praying for an easy route. We're praying for God to take the mountain away. We're praying God take all these valleys away. God, make a smooth sail in the head. Lord, make it easy on me. And God's saying, I don't want to make it easy on you. I want you to follow me. I want you to trust me. I want you to be courageous. Man, it's quiet. Why did God call a young man to fight a big giant. How many of y'all would agree it took courage for David to face Goliath? Now, some of us preachers preach that in a way like he was, he was fearless and it didn't bother him a bit. But I guarantee you, when David was going down that valley and he saw him, he did, ooh. So how do you know that? Because I'm human. God doesn't, you see... If God completely took the fear away, then there wouldn't really be faith. Faith is moving and trusting God even when you feel afraid. Fear and faith go together. It's, it's oh boy. Someone with courage, somebody said, well, he's got courage, he's not afraid. No, 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 you, you've totally missed it. Courage is doing the right thing even though you are afraid. And what God is calling us to do usually is going to require courage. 
I, I remember, I'm telling you, to this day, I can remember this, and, and Brother Travis, I, I know because we were so together in your calling too, and, and when God was dealing with me to preach, I'm like, no! Anything else? I said, I'll do it as long as I don't have to stand in front of anybody. Y'all, y'all didn't get that. No, I'll preach as long as I don't have to stand in front of anybody. Are y'all people need some help today? What's up? I mean, I meant that. Dad said, you got you to announce your call to preach. You need, you, know, you need to stand in front of everybody and make that public. And, and, and I said, man, I ain't doing that. He said, don't worry, I'll say everything. I said, that's fine. He lied. Say amen. <laughs> it's going to take courage. Because usually what God calls you to, you can't do. What did Jesus say? Without me, ye can do. Guess what? If you're accomplishing it without him, it's not what he called you to do. Are y'all with me? You say, why does God do it that way? So he will get the glory. So nobody can take credit for it. Nobody can brag on it. Nobody can say, look at me. Just like David did in that valley. He said, everybody on these hills are going to know that there is a God in Israel. Your assignment's going to require courage. Then, Then write this down. Write this down. Then B, the good thing is, remember, you're never alone in accomplishing this. Look what he says, Joshua 1, Joshua 1, 5. There shall not any man be able to stand against thee before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with, I will not, nor, watch what he says in verse 9. Have I not, or have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is, whithersoever thou goest. They preach, I'm afraid of what God is calling me to do, or what God's wanting me to do, or what this next phase of my life is, what this change is in my life. Hey, don't be afraid. If God's calling you to it, he'll see you through it. Listen, see, I gotta hurry, gotta hurry, gotta hurry. Your assignment, your assignment usually requires courage. Your assi- and, and when I say usually, almost always. Matter of fact, you probably could put always. B, remember you're never alone in accomplishing it. Then C, it's always to benefit others. Look what it says in verse number 6. God is describing Joshua's assignment. And he says this. Be strong and of a good courage. Why? For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land. So what was, what was Joshua's assignment? It was to get everybody what was coming to them. It was to help everybody else get the inheritance that God had promised them. Now what's the point? Be careful of thinking that God's calling in your life is for you. Well, I'm going to go and I'm going to, I'm going to invent this or I'm going to do that and I'm going to become very rich. Well, that's probably, that's probably, if that's your thinking and that's your mindset, that's probably not God. 
But if you say this, I'm going to work hard to bless others. Let me tell you, most people, if you didn't inherit it, most people that are wealthy are wealthy because they're serving and meeting a need of other people. They are providing a service for other people. That's the way God designed this whole economic thing. That's the way it works. If you're providing a service, if you're providing something somebody needs, guess what? You're always going to have business. And if you do it in a great way and if you're taking care of a lot of people and you're blessing a lot of people, God's going to bless you. They're going to bless you. That's the way this financial thing works. But the, the, the ministry thing is the same way. Most of the time, your call is for someone else. God called me here to be a blessing to you, to be an encouragement to you, to be a witness to you, to be an edifying force in your life. God called me here for you. God's calling in your life. Your assignment is to bless other people. We were talking about Miss Tara today at her funeral. And it's amazing that everything and every part of her life was always for others. I mean, she had, she had a, a, a very, very painful cancer that got her to the point where she couldn't even walk. And she would greet others at the door to the point she couldn't walk anymore. And then she went to the 411 desk so she could sit down, but she still wanted to bless others, even in her pain. You know why? Because she knew her assignment in life was for others. And that is where she found her joy. Man, I could, I could preach a whole message right there on contentment and joy. Because most people are trying to find it by getting other people to do stuff for them. When God said, if you'll learn to serve others and you'll learn that your assignment is not for you, it's for others. Church say amen. amen. Lastly, five minutes. Look at that. I'm early. <clears throat> That's a good thing because we need to hunker down right here. You're vi- How many of y'all want to win? Come on, get with me, people. Y'all been quiet all night. How many of y'all want to win? Your victory, your victory hinges solely on your treatment of the Scriptures. Now watch. Let me read. I'm not, I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. I'm just reading the Bible. What are we reading? The Bible. Help me. We're reading the... Watch what God says. He's already given his assignment. He's already told him what he's supposed to do. He's given him instruction. Now watch what he says. He says, in, he gave him his assignment in verse 6. Then he says this in verse 7. He's, now he's telling how he's going to accomplish this assignment. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law. And by the way, at that point, it was uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. It was the Torah. It was the, it was, that was the word of God that they had. That was the scriptures that they had. Now, we have a completed canon. We've got Genesis to Revelation. How much, how much better should we be off? Amen? Now, watch. This is what are you supposed to do. Do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. That thou mayest what? Prosper. That thou mayest what? Prosper. prosper. This book, and by the way, that word whithersoever, whithersoever, as, as who, where, what, or when. Include all of them in that one word. What does that mean? You want to have a successful relationship? Bam, right there. You want to have a good job, a good career, anything that you set your mind to, anything you try to do, anything that you attempt, he says, you put me first, you follow the scriptures, and it will happen.
Isn't that what y'all read? Watch the next one. This is good. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Now, what does he mean by that? As they studied, the rabbis in that day, when they studied, it's kind of like the meditation verse. You remember, uh, thou shalt meditate on it day and night. You remember we talked about the cow and chewing the cud and all that kind of stuff? Well, when they would read the law, they would read the word, they would mouth it. In other words, they would read it out loud. And that's what he's saying here. Don't let it depart out of thy mouth. In other words, you need to word it. You need to mouth it. You need to talk about it. You need to think about it. You need to read it and speak it out loud. If that makes sense, say amen. That the word, the law, depart not out of thy mouth, but thou shalt, thou shalt. Remember, that's the illustration of the cow chewing its cud. That means you've read something, and now you're thinking about it. Now you're meditating on it. Now you're rolling it over in your mind, and you're focusing on what you just read. He said, meditate therein day and night. Why? That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for, 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 come on everybody, for then. Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have what? You know what he's saying? Then you're going to win. Think about that. Your victory or your failure is completely hinged on your treatment of God's Word. If you ignore and neglect this, guess what? You're going to fail. You're going to fail. Because if you ignore and neglect this, you will never hear from God. And if you don't hear from God, you won't get His wisdom to know the right decisions to make in the things that you try to accomplish in your life. And when you go up against Jericho, you're going to get your brains beat out if you don't do it the way God said to do it. He said, how do you know? Because when they went to I, it was a little old rinky-dink city, and they did it their own way, and they got whipped. Your treatment of this is going to determine whether you're successful or not. It's a bottom line. There's no, there's no easy way out. There's no way around it. There's no, there's, listen, it's all about this right here. That's why it's amazing to me that we don't have more people here studying this so they can learn to be successful. But then they'll call you and fuss and whine about everything that's going wrong in their life. The next time that happens, just say, meet me Wednesday night. Don't console them. Don't counsel them. Don't try to just say, you need to be there Wednesday night. Be right beside me. I've had people come in my office that I hadn't seen in forever and ask me a problem and an issue that I just dealt with that week. I wanted to choke them to death. So I just thought about this right here. Don't. Don't neglect this, because this is the secret to victory. Before Joshua faced his first enemy, God said, Joshua, your number one, your number one secret to victory is the Word. And all God's people say it.
We are out of time. Lord, bless everybody that's here. 